Part Three, Chapter One of The Secret City. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Secret City by Hugh Walpole. Part Three, Markovitch and Semyonov. Chapter One. On the evening of that very afternoon, Thursday, I again collapsed. I was coming home in the dusk through a whispering world, all over the streets, everywhere on the broad shining snow, under a blaze of stars so sharp and piercing that the sky seemed strangely close and intimate, the talk went on. Groups everywhere, and groups irrespective of all class distinction. A well-to-do woman in rich furs, a peasant woman with a shawl over her head, a wild bearded soldier, a stout important officer, a maid-servant, a cab-driver, a shopman, talking, 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 talking. The eagerness, the ignorance, the odd fairy-tale world spun about those groups, so that the colored domes of the churches, the silver network of the stars, the wooden booths, the mist of candles before the icons, the rough painted pictures on the shops advertising the goods sold within, all these things shared in that crude, idealistic, cynical ignorance, in that fairy tale of brutality, goodness, cowardice, and bravery, malice and generosity, superstition and devotion, that was so shortly to be offered to a materialistic, hard-fighting, brave, and unthinking Europe. That, however, was not now my immediate business. Enough of that presently. My immediate business, as I very quickly discovered, was to pluck up enough strength to drag my wretched body home. The events of the week had, I suppose, carried me along. I was to suffer now the inevitable reaction. I felt exactly as though I had been shot from a gun and landed, suddenly, without breath, without any strength in any of my limbs, in a new and strange world. I was standing, when I first realized my weakness, beside the wooden booths in the Sadovaya. They were all closed, of course, but along the pavement women and old men had baskets containing sweets and notepaper and red paper tulips offered in memory of the glorious revolution. Right across the square the groups of people scattered in little dusky pools against the snow until they touched the very doors of the church. I saw all this, was conscious that the stars and the church candles mingled. Then suddenly I had to clutch the side of the booth behind me to prevent myself from falling. My head swam, my limbs were as water, and my old so well-remembered friend struck me in the middle of the spine as though he had cut me in two with his knife. How was I ever to get home? No one noticed me. Indeed, they seemed to my sick eyes to have ceased to be human, ghosts in a ghostly world, the snow gleaming through them so that they only moved like a thin diaphanous veil against the wall of the sky. I clutched my booth. In a moment I should be down. The pain in my back was agony. My legs had ceased to exist, and I was falling into a dark, dark pool of clear jet-black water at the bottom of which lay a star. The strange thing is that I do not know who it was who rescued me. I know that someone came. 
I know that to my own dim surprise Anisvoschik was there, and that very feebly I got into it. Someone was with me. Was it my black-bearded peasant? I fancy now that it was. I can even, on looking back, see him sitting up, very large and still, one thick arm holding me. I fancy that I can still smell the stuff of his clothes. I fancy that he talked to me, very quietly, reassuring me about something. But, upon my word, I don't know. One can so easily imagine what one wants to be true. And now I want, more than I would then ever have believed to be possible, to have had actual contact with him. It is the only conversation between us that can ever have existed. Never, before or after, was there another opportunity. And in any case, there can scarcely have been a conversation, because I certainly said nothing, and I cannot remember anything that he said, if indeed he said anything at all. At any rate, I was there in the Sarovaya. I was in a cab. I was in my bed. The truth of the rest of it, anyone may decide for himself. End of Part 3, Chapter 1 Recording by Narrator Jay